welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Okay, welcome everybody, and this is the second episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast, and um, if we could take a step back and talk about what it is that we talked about the last time, we talked about the reason why your mind is trying to kill you is actually an accurate phrase it's more true than it is false. And that's because the mind, or rather the subconscious mind, is there to regulate our behavior and regulates our behavior through acquiring programs since the moment of birth. So it's all about programming. The subconscious mind, once again, is a computer the conscious mind, our everyday awareness is the monitor. So if we want to change what we see on the monitor, we have to change the programming of the computer. And that's what it is that we touched upon last time. Right, my friend, Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm still trying to get over the bit about it's trying to kill me. I, I had I had to be very wary of what I said to my mind during the week after the last episode because of uh, because of the nasty nature of um, of my mind. But um, we, we we did assure people that uh, there's a way of uh, dealing with that and that we can change it. So um, let's go into talk about what else uh, the mind does and how it works and uh, how we can empower people to take control of it. That's a good idea. What do you have in mind? Well, stuff that comes up quite a lot, and I hear it bandied around, um, the concept of limiting beliefs. Um, I'm just wondering where that fits into the program thing and uh, how how they work and how they impact on us. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a very good one. And uh, once again, it's one of those things that I hear a lot. You hear a lot, of course. Uh, in the communities that deal with um, self-empowerment uh, and self-help. And coaching, which is what I do. So how do you remove limiting beliefs and blocks are the two things that tend to come up as a regular narrative within coaching. First of all, before we step into what a limiting belief is, we should again re-examine what a belief is to, in the first place. What is a belief? Right? We talked about the programs that accumulate, that get created and accumulate within our subconscious mind. 
a belief is actually a program. One of those programs is called a belief, right? So it's a belief system is accepting something, a concept, an idea, without having the need to have any uh, proof for it, any evidence that it's true. So a belief, for example, a very, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is religion, of course. Okay, I, again, not to knock on religion, but I will just say that religion is a perfect example of belief, right? And religion talks about belief. It's like, oh, believe this or believe that. If you don't believe, then you won't achieve or whatever <laughs> the expression is. It was true, actually. You know, belief, of course, will lead you to manifesting. However, however, a belief is only as good as it is empowering. Okay, so we can have empowering, as it were, positive beliefs, and we can have disempowering negative beliefs. That it. That it. That's exactly it. So. It's, it's good. So once again, the programs in of themselves, they're not bad. And nothing is bad in and of itself. And nothing is good in and of itself either. So it all depends on how we take advantage of those programs. So a limiting belief is a belief that doesn't allow us to expand. It doesn't empower us and it doesn't give us the motivation that we need or the impetus i guess to create to be better to be grander to be more prosperous okay so um so what 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 would an example be of say like presumably we take on these beliefs these programs in the first place um in order to uh well, be it protect ourselves or advance ourselves. Like the, we took it on because it was good, typically at the time. Is that a fair comment? Uh, it, it was well. It would be more appropriate, more accurate, rather, to say that we take on these beliefs in the first place, not because they're good, but because we perceive them as being good. We perceive them as being beneficial. So it is the perception of the benefit that we get from the program that makes us step into acquiring the program in the first place. Okay. So even though we had a perception that it was good, um, ultimately we can end up with um, beliefs which when we took them on, we perceived them as good. But now we've got a stage, got to a stage in our lives when um, actually we're now perceiving them as bad. They're stopping us from expanding and growing. I mean, is that is that fair? Of course. You actually said, uh, you actually brought up a very good example last week, which talked about the idea of having accepted the suggestion of a parent of not talking to strangers. Okay. Now that at the moment that is accepted and at the moment that it's given, 
has a positive background, a positive reason why it's being served right onto you. And there is a positive, let's just say there's a positive reason why you accept it in the first place as well, because you're trying to protect yourself. So your mind is trying to protect you, right? At that moment, your mind is thinking that it's doing you a service. However, as you keep on growing, this initial belief becomes detrimental. And the problem here is that it's not just that belief that you're dealing with within your grown self. It's a, what we call a compounded effect of that belief. Uh, in hypnosis, the compounding effect is a suggestion that keeps on being added on to the initial suggestion, right? Why? Because if we, the more we do that, again, everybody knows that the, the more you repeat something, the uh, easier it is for it to be part of your natural everyday state of doing things. This becomes becomes second nature, right? People say, oh, that's I've done it so much, it's second nature now. So that's exactly what happens. So the second nature part is not only there for the good stuff, it's definitely there for the bad stuff as well, which is to say, if I have repeated that belief in my head within myself uh, hundreds of times from the time I'm, I don't know, seven, eight, nine or five, whatever you, to the time I'm 35 or 40 uh, or older, I have not only repeated this countless times, but I have gone out there and found all kinds of situations that will be there as evidence that this is true because because that's because that's what the mind does it will look for evidence uh, of that a belief a belief is true it is accurate you will go out there and find and of course you know and it go that's that goes against the premise that when people go out there and they, for example, you know, the whole relationship thing is, is a big one, right? People go there, oh, you know, every one I find is blah, 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 you know, whatever. It's, it's that person that never understands me or, you know, mistreats me or, or, or anything. Uh, and, and they believe, of course, that that's because uh, I am not meant to find my soulmate or I'm not good or whatever, you know, I am this person that uh, is not good at relationships, right? Cause that, that's, you, you get, you get the conclusion. Your mind will come up with the whole presentation, inner presentation and provide you with a conclusion of that investigation, right? So, okay, we went out there, the mind is like, okay, the subconscious It's like, we went out there and uh, looked for evidence that you are not good in relationships. And how many times have we found this evidence? Plenty of times, right? Uh, and so that means, 
<laughs> logically speaking, that is the truth. Because that's what that's that's how the mind will deal. But the problem here is it goes the other way around. You see, we find the evidence that will match the initial belief. And that's why it's so important to go there and change that program. Because the moment we change that program, everything else will unravel. And the proof, the evidence that we'll find down the road will be uh, matching with the corrected program. In other words, if I correct that program, if I go back in there and I reframe it, as we say, and I find out that, oh, I am completely worthy of beautiful uh, relationships that are filled with reciprocating beauty, then if I do get to the point of actually believing that, because it's not just saying it, which is what the common affirmations will do, you have to actually step into a mode where you actually believe that in your heart of hearts. The moment you do then, everything else on the outside will be there to confirm that belief. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so on the basis that, you know, what do you find are the typical um, things that come up? Because I, I, I tend to find that, uh, say, in coaching work, that people will um, be caught up in perfectionist type behavior. And that will be because back when they were children, um, their parents sort of, when they were helping them with homework, would say, and this would have happened in my case, where I'd have written something out and then, you know, made a few mistakes and rubbed things out. And then my mum would come afterwards and say, that's fine. Now I want you to do this out on this nice, clean page and you'll take away all of the errors that you showed. And I don't know if that's the source of it, but that's where I think the idea of me um, being probably obsessed with a certain amount of perfectionism, um, which has resulted in me not going forward and taking an attitude of done is better than perfect in many situations. So that would have held me back. But the flip side of it is that if someone hands me, you know, the script, a letter, um, a legal document or whatever to look at, I will go through it and I will find all kinds of errors and corrections uh, or new ways to present things that maybe wouldn't have been picked up even by a lawyer. Um, so it has flip sides, but it's trying to actually, um, I suppose, uh, get the mind to differentiate between which is the good stuff that we need to hang on to and which is the stuff that we need to let go. Yes, of course. But there are, you see, the reason why we accumulate those programs is not just one. I mean, there's not just one reason why these things happen. Uh, like I said, you know, we are in constant compounding mode, right? So that the the example of you doing it now that you did it, once you just write it again on this nice clean paper, is is definitely that could definitely be part of it, right? But there's all kinds of things that step in there and, and, and get cross referenced uh, because. 
for example, uh, the subconscious mind that is, once again, a child will be there to oppose every task that is presented with if that task feels hard in any way. In other words, the child does not, like, you know, take any child and, and get them to do any kind of chore. They're going to be like, they're going to scoff, they're going to go, no, I don't want to do that. You know, they're, they're going to do everything they can to step away from it, right? Because that is the nature of the child. Once again, what are we doing? We're coming around full circle into understanding how, and we will get to do this many times on this program how we can trick the subconscious into taking on tasks or new tasks or going back and correct old tasks uh, the reason why the child is not going to do it the subconscious is not going to take on that is because it's lazy, right? So uh, it will come up with a good enough excuse. So it, so the perfectionism can be real perfectionism or it can be just an excuse. And so because you can't readily do this in a perfect way, uh, I, you know, you're doing a podcast <laughs> and your microphone is not like the best microphone in the world you know it's not the microphone that joe rogan is using so if that's a if that's the case then you can't do the podcast because what kind of self-respecting podcaster is going to step into that kind of bullshit yeah. right yeah so and there was a time <laughs> there was a time <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Uh, and I also get the compounding thing and uh, and compounding in the sense that if you take something on, that doing something very well, presenting it very well, and then you're getting feedback from people everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's really great. The quality of your homework was really good. And you, you get this feedback, which is feeding what my mum would have said to me at the start. So I can see how the constant feedback around that from teachers and other people who would see my work would be constantly uh, reaffirming what she had said and therefore strengthening my belief that I present stuff really, really well. And it has to be done right. And if it's not done right, then it doesn't get presented. Um, That's right. Yeah. And, uh, but I've heard of, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that that beliefs can happen um, or programming can happen um, also because of one event once there's trauma and emotion involved. Is, is that true? Absolutely. This is how every trauma occurs. But once again, the, the problem, that most of the problems that we have are based on traumas and the traumas can be, it doesn't have to be like, you know, I witnessed, you know, my grandma being killed, you know, in the war. It, it can be, a trauma can be like a little seemingly like a little thing, right? So you have this guy or uh, or girl at, at school that messes with you and bullies you, not in a huge way, you know, saying, you know, going, going over and messing up your hair or, you know, whatever it sure. is. And, and in the moment that you are the recipient of this kind of behavior, uh, once again, what happens? The mind will 
provide an interpretation of what has just happened. What just happened? This person made me look like a fool. And if I'm if I look like a fool, I cannot be outside with the rest of these guys or girls, the rest of these people, the rest of these kids, because they all think I'm a fool. So that could be the makings of an introvert. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. So, so in terms of um, the typical situations that you would encounter um, for people being held back as a result of limiting beliefs, I mean, what, what would be the, um, what would be the most common from your point of view? Relationships is a huge one. It's a big one. Right. Because, I mean, let's face it, this is perhaps the most important reason why we're here on this plane, right? We're here to relate. We are here to create relationships left and right. Everything we do, you know, if you can't go out there and relate to people, and this is why, what do they do? Even in prisons, you see, in prison, that, that the most severe punishment you can receive in prison is what solitary confinement yeah why because there's no there's no one to relate to we are here to relate to other souls to other people to other spirits uh, because that's the nature of who we are so if you can't have that then you fall into whatever depression everything breaks down and and most I believe most reasons for depression or breakdowns are related to this problem, this inability to adequately relate. And um, do people do people know what the 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 beliefs are? Do they? Um, I mean, presumably. Well, I know in my case, people present with you know, challenges that they have. And the assumption is that there are limiting assumptions or limiting beliefs behind the fact that they're not progressing from where they are, but they don't necessarily know where they are. And it's a question of trying to um, tease that out with them. Um, and so the experience that I would have would be that people don't actually know what these limiting beliefs are. Um, and as a consequence, don't read their focus more on the result of them. The fact that they can't hold down a, a you know, a long-term relationship or every time they go into a relationship, it always ends the same way. Um, or indeed, you know, they're no use at getting out and promoting themselves, even though they have their own business. Um, I mean, I'd put my hand up to that one. Um, so there's obviously thought process, programming beliefs behind it. Um, but that wouldn't have been the first place that I would have looked. I would have been looking to read more books on sales and go to more seminars on sales and all of the tricks and tips associated with it. Um, so how do, how, how do people get past that bit or even let's call it self-diagnose what it is the, the belief might be that's stopping them? So you're correct. Most people are not aware what their limiting beliefs are. Why are they not aware? Because... It is the nature of the subconscious mind to be an amazing trickster, 
it's going to present all kinds. And of course, you know, the conscious mind is a, an amazing contributor to that because the conscious mind needs to feel validated in its logical and uh, rational way of dealing with things because it's smart, right? It's brilliant. So in your case, my friend, who uh, you are a brilliant young man, and uh, uh, what happens is that every time you go out there in need to find a limiting belief, the first thing that's going to happen is your rational conscious mind will be there to explain what's going on. Hey, dude, you know what? Maybe I think that the reason why you're having problems with the sales stuff is because you know you need to uh, you need some more expertise right you need to go read some more books or do and of course uh, it, it will get the subconscious mind's full cooperation to do that why because the subconscious mind will not have to do it for a little while longer you see you, you will not have to deal with it so Again, the lazy part of ourselves that ironically is the most powerful will find any way that it can to avoid dealing with the problem itself. And this, my friend, is where this amazing concept of procrastination coming from. They always go out there and they think, oh, it's, a, you know, the, the whole um, self-empowerment. You know how people love to look for motivational stuff? You know, like they they go and, and, and watch motivational or listen to motivational speeches and, and go and, and post motivational quotes. And, uh, or when they find them, they're like, oh, they're so good. And they repost them and they feel so good about themselves because that is and motivational, whatever that now I feel motivated. But again, all this stuff can be a trick of the subconscious mind in order to put you at ease momentarily, right? Momentarily, you know, because when you look at something and you feel, yeah, you know, your, your mind kind of like <laughs> uh, relates to it, you know, like you read this empowering, uh, empowering quote. And you're like, oh my God, yeah, well, that spoke to my heart. Uh, but it hasn't really. And the reason why I know that it hasn't spoke to your heart is because in, in an hour or in five hours or in a day or in a week, you will go back to your default programming, which is very much unlike what that quote was about, right? So what happens here is when that happens, it's very important to understand that you've been tricked, my friend. You have been bamboozled, you see. But we, we it's a little bit like, um, I think motivation like that is a bit like a drug. It's a bit like when people come out of a Tony Robbins sort of uh, uh, conference or, or workshop, um, they're pumped and they're going to take on the world. And as the coach, um, one, a guy I follow called Steve Chandler says, um, motivation has a half-life so that each day it halves and halves and halves so that by within about two weeks if even that the effect of having been at your tony robbins um uh show or workshop or whatever is completely gone you remember the event but the motivation part is completely gone 
and nothing has changed and nothing has changed. Absolutely. That's exactly how it is. And, and how do I know that? And how do you know that? Because people who go to these seminars, you will find them going back there again in a few months or in a year. Yeah. Why? Because that's just a fix. Mm. It's a fix. Yeah. Yeah. I, so th that stuff does not uh, hold this off. Don't forget what you're going to say. Um, that stuff is not going to change behavior. It's not going to alter it. It's going to perpetuate, rather perpetuate a state of half-assed action, as I call it. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I've been there. I've been there. I've gone to those kind of things and then gone the next time as well because the guy was good the last time. So, um, Well, haven't we all? I'm going to say something now and it's going to sound, it's going to sound harsh. But please don't think I'm being harsh. This is what happens. Even myself, myself included, I fall into the same traps. And I know all these things, do you see? And I know them intimately. And, and yet, you know, it takes me, it takes me a few minutes <laughs> to go from, oh, well, look at me. I'm doing the same thing again that I did uh, last week. Hmm, why am I doing that? What's going on? And then I go in there and I dig in deeper and I find out what's happening, right? Uh, so it, the most important thing is to understand what is happening here. And I don't mean to knock down, you know, like Tony Robbins is a brilliant man. Uh, and I've witnessed one of his uh, seminars. He's awesome. Uh, he is very charismatic, of course, as any superior leader is and speaker. But the problem is that Tony Robbins or any Tony Robbins is not going to change your life for you, right? So it's it, you're getting suggestions uh, one, when you are part of this sort of thing, you're going out there and you are collecting suggestions. Then it is your job to decide what to do with those suggestions. Right? And that is, to, in my mind, likened to going to, the, to your gardening store and you buy all kinds of seeds, because, you know, here it is, you know, a whole basket full of seeds of the most amazing uh, vegetables that you can grow this spring, this summer. Here it is. And that's what you get. So you get those seeds, right? And you go home and you put them on the shelf. And then fall comes and they're still on the shelf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The idea here is how do you get yourself to the point of grabbing the seeds and immediately taking action. Oh, what should I do? Is that, am I ready? Is that the right time to execute? Let's go out there, you know, and this is a matter of building up the emotional aspect of what it is that you are attempting to achieve or to acquire or to accomplish. So, so is it, um, cause my, my question that, that I was going to ask earlier was obviously you're a hypnotherapist and you know, you have the ability to, when working with someone to go in and help them to change some of these beliefs by suggestion and working your magic. Um, when someone doesn't have that facility to uh, work with someone like you, what, what can they do? Is it a case of deprogramming or is it a case of 
presenting a new version of what it is that you want to create or is it both? And, you know, what does that look like as a way forward? It's both. Uh, ultimately, the programming is is going into, let me give you actually another because I'm good with analogies. <laughs> so, so here it is. Let's say you have a tree that has grown in your yard and that tree is of no substance to you. So it's, it's, it doesn't serve you in any way, just a tree, right? Not to say that just a tree is not awesome. <laughs> I love I love trees. Don't don't misunderstand me, but I'm saying you know you have this limited space and you would love to be able to have trees and and plants that actually give you what you need, right? Like a fruit or you know a vegetable, or whatever, sure. um, an herb, something. So. You have two options here. You go out there and you just grab the tree and just dig in, dig in, dig, dig, deep, and then deroot the whole thing, throw it out, and then plant something new. Yeah. Or, it's a big job. That's a big job, exactly. It's a big and, and lengthy kind of job, and it's a job that most of us don't have the luxury to engage into. So a, a better a smarter way to do that is do what? Go in there and reframe. Pa- take that tree and get a graft of, is that, that's what it's called, right? It's a, it's a graft, graft, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of another tree that you want this tree to become. And then you patch that in there and you create this kind of fusion, this kind of hybrid, which then will lead you to where you need to go. So in other words, the tree that already has juices flowing in, it already has energy, it already has impetus. We don't need to stop that energy from flowing necessarily. You know, like when, when you're on a, on a train uh, and, and you need to get, you need that train to go somewhere else, what you do is create this additional rail that splits, right? And and then you can take that train somewhere else. So in my experience and knowledge and uh, opinion, this is the best way to do that. So in other words, reframe what happens. So we use what's there. We just go in there and either reinforce certain parts and then we chop some of the branches that don't serve us. Make sense? Okay. Can people do that themselves? Of course, people can do that themselves. Absolutely. Because you think of it this way. It is ourselves that reinforce these branches in the first place. It is oursel- our personal um, perception of things. And adhering to the initial programs that get compounded, it is us who go in there and create these additional branches every day with our behavior and with our mind. So we can start viewing this in a different fashion. And the more we do that, the easier we step into a modality that allows us to create a new element. Okay. So so is it is it fair to say that, that part of the process would be... Um, taking the the source of or even the belief and presenting it in a way where um it's 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 even questioned or challenged you know just so instead of us automatically believing it that we actually challenge it um and then formulate a i suppose what you'd describe as a um 
a better empowering kind of story or a better empowering uh, branch that we want to actually focus on in order to take us where we want to go in order to give us the behavior that we want to uh, create. So it's, is, is that a, a reasonable explanation of it? Absolutely. So I'll give you an example of that. And then with that, oh my God, look at the time. Uh, we will have to, <laughs> we will have to exit with that example. But let's assume that I think I have grown with the perception that I'm short, right? And uh, I have that perception for various reasons, one of which would be because I, we keep on constantly comparing ourselves to other situations and other people all the time. And by this comparison, we derive at conclusions about ourselves. So if I am 5'8 or 5'9, I would be short if I was to be compared to a 6'4 kind of person or even 6 foot tall kind so, of person. So you're short, you're short compared to me. But, but here's, here's the thing. Right. So if I'm so if I'm short though, you see, you see the fact that I'm short, whatever that means, is not the limiting belief. The limiting belief comes with the explanation of what that means, you see. So I am short and therefore I am not good enough. I am short and therefore I'm not attractive enough. I am short and therefore I'm not efficient enough. I am short and therefore I'm not, uh, you know, um, strong enough. I'm short and therefore I'm not empowered enough. I'm not a warrior. I'm not a whatever you want to, right? So what you put on the latter part of that sentence is what defines that quality, okay. right? Because, or I could say I am short, but guess what? I am a perfect homo sapiens, right? Because if you look at a perfect homo sapiens height is that height. And therefore, my friend, you are a freak. And I'm, I'm a totally normal, you see. <laughs> so so it, it, it is, that is a process of reframing. Yeah. So it's like the one about uh, the one-eyed man is king in the land of the blind. Absolutely. Yes. Why, why not? But, but I mean, so it's, you don't even have to look at it like that, you see. You could say that an overweight person is not an attractive person. You could say that in this society. However, how many times in the entertainment industry, like especially in the hip hop community, you see overweight rappers, really talented people that get so popular, they're so smart and they're so creative and so awesome, that this part becomes part of their mystique, of their uh, uh, charm, mm -hmm. you see. And, and they become extremely attractive, right? Sure. So... Therefore, the fact that that initial state of being overweight doesn't mean anything in and of itself. It only means what you allow it to mean. The quality that you, as you assign to that statement is what makes the difference here. Make sense? Yeah. So, so an example um, for someone who might be looking at this saying, I'm, I'm no good at sales. Okay, so their belief is that they're no good at sales. The impact is not so much whether they're good or not at sales. It's more, I'm no good at sales 
And because of that, I'm no good at generating income for my business and therefore my business is failing. Um, That's it's because we put all of that on it. Whereas I'm no good at sales. What we need to do is reframe it and say, I'm, I'm no good at sales, but actually I could learn how to be better and therefore I can improve my circumstances and my business. Absolutely. Not, not only that, but you, you see, you could say, I'm not good at sales currently. Okay. Let's see, in this moment, yes. I'm not good at sales in this moment. Okay. And this moment has already passed. So, which means that I have every opportunity to become better and better with every moment passing. You see, that could be an affirmation in and of itself. And that being uttered by you to yourself. I am sure because this could be a rough spot within you. Uh, while you say that to yourself, you could get emotionally aroused, uh, meaning that you will bring up emotions. And the moment you get into that emotional state by saying that is the moment you are building what? Programs. Okay. So that. That's the moment that you are reframing, you see. Uh, that is the way to st successfully step into that kind of thing. W when you yourself give yourself the allowance of not being good enough at sales at the moment, then something inside of you will get emotional. And that emotion, I believe, will stem from the fact that your self, your subconscious mind, will appreciate that will appreciate that you didn't punish the child for not being good at sales because you, you now are giving the child an opportunity to prove to you that it can be infinitely better at sales from this point on okay yes okay so it sounds like yeah this this we're not we've now got our own branch on this uh probably we need to look at in the next episode or two because i think uh We've probably hit the limit of our time on this uh, this particular episode. What do you think? Time flies when you're having fun, it, my friend. You it, see? Absolutely. So, yes, uh, I think that uh, this makes sense. Limiting beliefs. What are those? They are beliefs. What are beliefs? Beliefs are behaviors that we choose to adhere to without having concrete evidence or needing concrete evidence for them. We just accept them, right? So limiting beliefs are the beliefs that we have accepted and they're not helping us. They are detrimental to us. They don't allow us to become better. They are actually pushing us down instead of allowing us to spring forward. And so this is it. I think we've adequately, for the moment, see how I, I reframed that? For the moment, we, we adequately presented that as fully and as successfully as we possibly could within an episode of this podcast. And so now, what do we say? Until next week, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. 
and you'd be doing us a big favour if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.